by 2050, if we're able to eliminate some of the systemic barriers uh, uh, to having a more equitable and inclusive economy, it would add $8 trillion to our economy. And for an economy that's, I don't know, $22 trillion right now, that is real dollars. That's not chump change. That voice is Don Graves, Deputy Secretary of Commerce for the United States of America. Don talks about how each of us can make America a better place to live by improving the way we work together. His interview coming up on the podcast, Manufacturing an American Century. Welcome, Americans. You're listening to the podcast, Manufacturing an American Century, with your host, Matt Bogosian. Hi, Don. It's great to reconnect on the podcast. Thanks for being on. How are you? Matt, it is so good to be with you. Good to, to, uh, to be able to talk with you about all these great issues again. Yeah, yeah. We're delighted to have you on because of your long history, strengthening uh, American manufacturing and the ecosystem of support. It needs to thrive. And as we all know, it's complex work. And we know there are important parts of the economy, a lot of different important parts of the economy. But people you know, hear over and over again about the importance of manufacturing to the American project. Why is American manufacturing critical, a, a cornerstone of the American economy, Don? Well, let me just start by saying I am so honored that I get to be uh, the guest for your, your inaugural Manufacturing in America Century podcast. Congratulations on the launch. Congratulations for all of the work that, uh, that you and the team are doing. It is absolutely essential to, uh, I think, to uh, the American economy, this long-term success of the American economy, uh, especially in this century. And, and frankly, Manufacturing is a critical sector to, uh, for the long-term uh, strength of the economy, for our national security. I think manufacturing is going to allow us to, uh, to make significant headway on, uh, on uh, supporting the environment, on innovating. Uh, and, and frankly, it's the place where uh, we're, we're developing meaningful careers that support families, that uh, will allow us to to build the the latest technology, and you know, as the as the president often says, where is it written that the United States of America can't be the manufacturing capital of the world? And that's what the evidence shows is that for you know America to thrive in the 21st century, we're going to have to you know be making things in key industries, you know, from defense, energy, transportation, agriculture. IT, health, these critical industries, you know, the evidence shows that th that's where we are going to thrive in the 21st century if we really make things that matter there. Now, we uh, have been developing in recent years, you know, uh, a more, um, uh, you know, kind of industrial policy, you know, so, so, you know, the free market, we want that to thrive, but it needs to be nurtured in places where there are gaps. Tell us, about some of the recent federal interventions aimed at helping um, regions across the country strengthen manufacturing and the ecosystems uh, that support it? Well, you're not going to find a, uh, an administration uh, that is more focused on uh, sort of re rebuilding uh, our manufacturing leadership uh, and doing it in a way that strengthens communities because our view, uh, I know this is the president's view, is that 
if you have a healthy manufacturing ecosystem, you also will have strong communities and vice versa. So it's why we've taken steps and why the president championed uh, big legislative efforts like the American Rescue Plan, like the bipartisan infrastructure law, like the Chips and Science Act, and more recently, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. All of those, uh, all of those uh, individual pieces of legislation and the trillions of dollars that are flowing uh, from them are meant to drive this uh, recapture of, uh, of the competitiveness of manufacturing, but doing it in a way that uh, supports communities, that lifts up uh, the ecosystems. And, and really, the, 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 the things that we're doing here um, are meant to, to sort of underscore that work. We're, we're focused on a number of different specific programs uh, here at Commerce. Uh, the Economic Development Administration uh, received $3 billion out of the, uh, the, uh, uh, the American Rescue Plan. And we were able to create programs like the Build Back Better Regional Challenge, which has stoked regional collaboration. It's advancing public-private partnerships that are building off of regional assets that will help to grow manufacturing and uh, uh, other critical economic sectors, but doing so in a way that isn't meant to create race to the bottom approaches like we've seen uh, in, in other uh, efforts around the country. This is not about having governors or mayors competing against one another per se. It's about finding ways to lift up communities all across the country, help them be more competitive, and help to rebuild uh, their manufacturing. It's like the Good Jobs Challenge, for instance, another part of that American Rescue Plan making once-in-a-generation investments in high-quality, community-led workforce systems. And it's, we think it's going to have a transformative effect on communities to make sure that we have the workforce uh, of the future and that we're providing our hardworking Americans with the type of pathway so that they have those family-sustaining jobs. And then also focusing on equity, because we know that equity is absolutely crucial to ensuring that every American has the uh, the their uh, the opportunity to reach their full potential, and to secure those good-paying jobs in this skilled workforce that we're that we're building. So we're going to do that through the EDA through those programs. We're also doing it with the Chips Act, and uh, uh, it's going to catalyze long-term growth in the semiconductor industry. But that will support a range of manufacturing sectors as well, in addition to building strong communities. So we're really focused on lifting up these, uh, these industries and also putting us in a position where we can, uh, we can be economically secure and also protect our national security interests. Within each of these regions, uh, we need to tap into all the talent that is there. So you talked about diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion. Um, can you underscore the importance of that uh, in terms of, you know, getting getting the talent to do this good hard work uh, in the decades to come? Well, look, this this is not about uh, sort of uh, social engineering or feel good. Uh, you know, making us feel good to do this work. This is critically important for the economic success and, as I said, the national security success uh, and security of this country. Equity is absolutely vital to everything that we do because we know that for decades and decades and decades, uh, 
we have not uh, had an economy that has worked for everyone. And that's meant that, that millions of people across this country have been left on the, the sidelines. Um, and you know, we can't be in a place where we are leaving essentially trillions of dollars out of our economy. We, there, there was a Kellogg Foundation study done um, uh, uh, you know, a year or two ago that has found that by 2050, if we're able to eliminate some of the systemic barriers uh, uh, to having a more equitable and inclusive economy, it would add $8 trillion to our economy. And for an economy that's, I don't know, $22 trillion right now, that is real dollars. That's not chump change. So it's critically important that we find pathways for those who are not uh, able to, to be a, a part of the economy, that we get them into the economy. And so that's finding uh, folks in every community. This is whether, whether it's urban, rural, suburban, it's making sure that we're, uh, that we're creating pathways, that we're supporting businesses that will uh, allow them to succeed, that we're bringing in the type of innovation that will uh, allow us to continue to out-innovate the rest of the world. Because if you leave a significant chunk of your brain power on the sidelines, it means that you're losing out on opportunities to innovate as well. So I, I expect that, that uh, as we uh, make a more equitable uh, uh, industrial base and, and economy, including focusing on manufacturing, uh, our economy and the nation will outperform the rest of the world. Can you talk a little bit about how we're going to need, you know, the teamwork bottom up from public and private stakeholders of, of all kinds to really implement these kinds of, um, you know, uh, interventions. For example, you were talking about the tech, uh, the Chips and Science Hacked and this new Tech Hub program, right? Just to put together an application in a region requires a lot of public-private partnership, which is one of the forcing mechanisms that's positive about these bottom-up uh, type interventions. Can you speak about um, uh, the the importance of that kind of teamwork at the at the local and regional level? Yeah. Well, you are exactly right, Matt. The, we believe strongly that place-based programs like the, the Tech Hubs program that you mentioned, like the Build Back Better Regional Challenge effort, the Good Jobs Challenge uh, that, we, uh, that I talked about from the American Rescue Plan, that they are absolutely crucial to, uh, to us being able to build the type of economy, to, to build uh, the type of American competitiveness that will allow us to succeed. We need strong and focused regional coalitions that can drive the ball forward, that bring in those trusted stakeholders, those strong local partners. Um, you know, we are not a command economy like uh, some of our uh, international competitors. So, and, and none of us wants to be that command economy, but we do have to have better alignment in a sectoral basis. We have to have our regional uh, stakeholders working together because what we've seen over, over many decades is uh, when, you, when you're disconnected, when policy and programs are not tied to uh, the work that's being done at the local or regional level, we have outcomes that, uh, that, are, that may be successful for some, but are not successful 
for everybody and certainly are not uh, going to help us drive the economy forward as, as we move. So we need to have our, our uh, strong local and regional partners. They have to come together and not, as I said, have a race to the bottom, uh, to throwing the, all the, the, the incentives to try and attract jobs away from another part of the country, but to, to find ways that we're lifting up an ecosystem in the strengths of one region and then connecting them to the strengths and opportunities in other regions. Don, you've had a lot of experiences in both the public and private sector. Can you talk about, um, you know, one of the, the, the private sector, you know, trends that are out there in terms of corporate and investment worlds to consider, um, you know, ESG uh, in improving their operations and outputs and teaming with, you know, with public and, and nonprofit partners to, to make uh, progress for the American project? Well, there's, it's a great point. There are a number of different things that, that we're focused on uh, as it relates to um, building up this, the, these opportunities for, for teaming. You know, it's, it, it, it's even before you even get to ESG, it's things like uh, participating in, in communities of practice, like the one that, that you're operating, Matt. It's a key way that economic development practitioners can reach beyond their own geographic reach, to build relationships with their peers, and to help uh, the, the communities to navigate the different challenges that they're facing. But as it relates specifically to ESG, we know that, uh, that uh, our competitiveness absolutely relies and depends on, our, uh, on how companies uh, conduct their business, how they manage things like climate risk, what they do to attract and retain uh, talent, and lift up uh, talent that may be uh, missing from the equation. So equity, as I said, is a key to unlocking the potential for our full economy and paying close attention to, uh, to things like ESG uh, are absolutely essential for the United States so that we can make sure that we're, uh, that we're out innovating the rest of the world, that we're recognizing the risks and the opportunities to, uh, to industry providing a platform for uh, U.S. private sector ESG practitioners to highlight the work that we're doing to a global audience and then export uh, these, the, this, these learnings, export the technologies, and of course, export our goods to the rest of the world, uh, who is, you know, part of what we're trying to do is to also build a level playing field. So it's raising up standards, not just here in the United States, but raising standards around the world so that, uh, so that U.S. companies and U.S. workers are competitive with the rest of the world. And that's part of what we've uh, been doing uh, uh, here at the Commerce Department. For instance, last year, we released a set of good jobs principles in partnership with the Department of Labor. And those principles outline uh, a number of eight really essential uh, elements of a good job that includes recruitment, hiring, uh, uh, pay and benefits, uh, job security and opportunities for career advancement. But it also gets to things like collective bargaining rights, uh, working conditions. Uh, and you know that translates into the type of work that we're doing, as I've said, on standards of development across the world so that, again, we're creating the same uh, playing field, the level playing field not just here in the U.S., but across the, the globe. Uh, and it, it helps us tackle things like human rights abuses, 
but makes us more competitive as a country. We are delighted, you know, and honored to have you uh, as guests of the podcast. Uh, my friend, you know, we have a, a very long history, and you know about the American Manufacturing Communities Collaborative. You know, it started way back in, uh, you know, from, uh, from a previous initiative uh, that, that has evolved uh, over the years. Uh, and we represent, you know, regions around the country of these, um, you know, stakeholders working together. Do you have any final words, uh, you know, speaking to that audience before, before we let you go? Well, I, I just say that, uh, that the work that, that you all are doing is so critical uh, to us and to, uh, frankly, the nation and our long-term economic success. You know, I, I, I think I speak for all of Commerce uh, and the administration that I appreciate uh, what you all have done to lead our uh, American Rescue Plan Manufacturing Community of Practice, along with your partner, the Northeast Mi uh, Midwest Institute. Um, your, your charter is to grow these regional stakeholders across the country who can apply for and win and implement the types of programs that, uh, that we have at EDA uh, through a, a whole range of different uh, efforts. And the Manufacturing Community of Practice is going to be uh, supporting uh, uh, the programs like the Tech Hubs program, the Recompete pilot program that, uh, that we're going to, to launch very soon. Um, uh, th these are, are essential. They're complementary to the work that we're doing with the CHIPS program. It's going to allow us to catalyze long-term growth. It's going to allow us to build sustainable growth for things like our semiconductor industry here in the U.S., to build strong uh, communities across the, com the country that can, as the president says, and you know, I know you've heard this, that are dealt into the bargain, that, uh, that have that opportunity that they might not have had in the past. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to create an opportunity for us to not just build up economic success in every community across the country, but to make sure that, uh, that we can drive the manufacturing sector forward and outcompete the rest of the world. Don Graves, uh, Deputy Secretary of Commerce for the United States. Very much appreciate coming on the podcast. Thanks, Don. Thank you, Matt. So good to be with you. So there you have it. Don Graves letting us know how the federal government is helping to strengthen American manufacturing. Before we close out this episode, I want to invite you to sign up for AMCC's free weekly newsletter called the AMCC Update, where we share best practices from around the country. The sign-up form is on our homepage, where you can also check out the many tools and tactics, events, and activities that will help make this an American century. Our website is www.americanmcc.org. Our next podcast episode will release soon and feature one of our Mountain State leaders, so stay tuned for that, and please share this podcast with all your friends and colleagues. Until then, this is Matt Vagoshian signing off, thanking you for manufacturing an American century. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man.